We would like to say a special thank you to Scott Peterson for sponsoring this week's episode. Right? Because because somebody's going, we got to figure out who this guy is. Something big is going down. What's up, everybody? And welcome back to Scripture First, the podcast that explores how the Lutheran lectionary is working in your life. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. If this week's text sounds similar to the text we discussed last week, that's because it is. John the Baptist is back, and we welcome Dr. Chris Krogan to explain how the John passage is different from the Mark passage. The priests and Levites think God will bring salvation through the law, but John the Baptist, out in the wilderness, is pointing his long, bony finger saying the Messiah is coming outside of the law. We also discuss how paths are made straight. Dr. Krogan teaches us having faith is what makes you righteous in God's eyes. And the fastest way to know if God is for you is to be told by God that he is for you. Advent isn't about getting ready for Jesus to come. It's hearing he's come for you. Before we get to this week's conversation, we're welcoming Justin Goins back to Scripture First. Justin is a longtime listener of the podcast, and God has worked in his life to preach the gospel in unique ways. Justin has a humble heart, and I'm grateful to share a mic with him. As a reminder, the scripture passage I'm about to read is in the show notes if you'd like to follow along or reference the verses as we talk about them in the conversation. Let's get to this week's conversation. But first, here's John chapter 1, verses 6 through 8 and 19 through 28. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He said, No. Then they said to him, Who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, Why then are you baptizing if you are neither the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. This took place in Bethany, across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. And now on to this week's conversation. Welcome back to Scripture First. We have Dr. Chris Krogan with us this week, and uh, we're in the third Sunday in Advent, and lucky for us, 
we have Justin Goins back. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so you left us on a little bit of a cliffhanger I, last I did. week. I did. <laughs> Much like Martin Luther King Jr., you two had, had a, a dream. dream. <laughs> and you said, I don't think you told us exactly what you... You didn't say you would tell us exactly what it is, but you said you would well, allude a little bit more. Well, it's a, it's a long story, but trying to condense that, God put me in a unique position to make me v- very aware of being a sinner. Okay. And in that position, you know, it changed my perspective and it changed like my dreams, desires, hopes. And then I found myself one day where I could pursue some of those. And so I just did. It wasn't like, I want to do this. It's like, oh, you know, God gave me the opportunity to do this, so I just did it. It happened to you. Yes. Yeah. You had freedom I to had do freedom. that. I had freedom to do that. Yep. And that's where when we talked about like the back, you. Yeah, yeah, and you know, like the backpacking, going out yeah. into the mountains, like mm-hmm. it's, that's all, like that's complete freedom to me. It's very, it's solitude and that's a very... I mean, it's God's natural church, if you will. Like, yeah. I feel very connected to God out there. So, I mean, it's beautiful area, yeah. so I don't blame you. Yeah. It's completely open and free and yeah. just, yeah, breathtaking. And I always hope to run across a bear, just not really oh my close. <laughs> Wait, have you? Yes. You have? Yes. What kind? Um, Just just black bears. But okay. Like this last year, They're like pretty one, cute. They are, but it's still, you know, one comes up to the tent and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not as cute. <laughs> a little bit terrifying. But I always have, I mean, you just, you know, have confidence. Like, hey, I know how to handle this. Mm-hmm. Keep your bear spray, spray close. God walks and- with me, and if... Uh, my bear spray fails. <laughs> <laughs> then you then you die in the promise of Christ. Exactly. <laughs> uh, on that note, <laughs> on that note, there was a man sent from God whose name was Chris. I mean, uh, <laughs> whose name was John. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris, this this text sounds very, very, very similar to the text that we talked about last week with yep. Sarah. Yep. So I'm. We'll walk through it. But I'm you're, you're going to pick up on on some things that are different between this text and the week prior. But there's a lot in common, yeah. even the same language. A so. lot of the same story because it is the same story with some details that John, the Gospel of John, picks up on that are distinct from what we heard from Mark. But this actually is one of the harder parts for preachers in this season of Advent because they do get basically John and then John point. 2.0, right? Right. <laughs> Just a little bit, you know. Right, two sermons on, on the, the same subject. Pretty much. And then, interestingly enough, they get John again later when John baptizes Jesus, and you'll end up with this Gospel of John text again at the baptism of Jesus, the beginning of Epiphany, and people are like, I thought we just heard about John. And this is the third time in like five weeks we hear about John and this stuff. So this is, this is one of those parts. But let's see what we can do with John and the Gospel of John. Right. So starting um, from verse six, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. So right from the bat, we get the very clear language that John the Baptist was sent from God. Yep. He was not God. Yes. He's not God. He's sent from God, which means this is intentional. God has picked him, which 
is part of what we're talking about, profit. And so what's going to happen is people start to recognize, okay, I mean, they, they, they identify. He was sent from God, which is what always a prophet is. A prophet, they know, was sent from God. It's not that they just decided to be a prophet. This is intentional. So that's part of, okay, sent from God, named John. And what does a prophet do? Well, then this is verse 7. He came as a witness to testify. That is to say, he came to preach a sermon, specifically, and all prophets preach sermons about whom? Christ. So he came to do what? What? prophets are supposed to do, testify, which is to the light. Now, John, in the gospel of John, so we always, this is the tricky part about talking about John and John, because which John are you talking about? The yeah, gospel right. of John or? Oh, that's true. The, so we're going to, yeah. oh, you'll hear me say, the gospel of John always is having this light and dark going back and forth. And the light is always referring to what Christ brings into the world. And what Christ brings into the world is illumining you who God is. That is to say, giving you an understanding that God is for you, not the darkness where the devil says God is not for you. So there's this light and dark clash throughout the Gospel of John. And those who love the darkness are the ones who are interested in being about themselves. The ones who have been given the light are the ones who are freed to actually live in God's kingdom. So this is kind of what the light and darkness. So he came to testify, that is to tell, tell about Christ, the light. And I, I really, I love when the gospel readings are very just logical. Yep. They make sense. You, It's just, there was a man sent from God. He came to witness to testify to the light. How can you testify to something? Well, the only way you can testify to anything is if you have experience in it. Yep. I mean, right. that, like when you call someone, if you think about testifying like in, yep. in a court, why do you call any sort of person yep. to testify? Because they have experience. Maybe they witnessed it. Maybe they're, you know, a subject matter expert yep. in that in that field. But you have experience. Yep. Why does he have experience? Because he was sent from God. It he, makes sense. Yeah, he, he was given <laughs> it to say. You're right. a really good narrator, Mason. Yep. No, but you this should is, do this full time. Yeah. Yeah. You should, you should like run your own podcast. I mean, honestly, <laughs> he keeps all of us afloat. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> but then in verse eight, he himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. Right. And this is what's going to happen in the rest of the text. Yes. Is, is what they're setting us up for, you know, because it could easily be confused. He's got some power. That he is the light. That he is yeah. going to be the Messiah or that some, which, which is actually a lot of times um, happens is when you are delivering a promise of Christ, mm -hmm. people actually mistaking you for being the, the good part of is as opposed to the promise well it's is, interesting oh sorry just well, is there is there a difference between <clears throat> john and like a preacher today was he like more than a preacher then because he was a prophet or is he just no no what what john there is going to be a difference in what john says versus what we say because John says he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. That's what a prophet says. Okay. And he's been given that word of, because it, it, to say the, the Messiah is coming is not a natural inclination. It's not something that was put on your heart. It's something actually, that is to say, instinctively, it's not instinctive to think, oh, salvation is coming. It's actually 
through a promise that you recognize, which was the first promise given in the garden. And this is what is happening is John has been preached to about the promise that Adam and Eve received in the garden, which is the Messiah is coming to crush the serpent's head to end sin, death, and the devil. That was preached into John's ear by God, sent by God. So now John's saying, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. Later on, when we get to the baptism of our Lord in Epiphany, you'll see he says, he'll point at Christ and say, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So John's sermon at that point will switch from he's coming to he's here. There he is. That's what preachers today do now. There he is. He's here for you. So, yes, there is going to be a difference in John's sermons here on testifying to the light versus actually delivering the okay. light now. See the difference? Yes. Good. Cool. <laughs> yep. Okay, so now we dive in to verse 19, um, and it says that... This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? Yep. So this is kind of where the whole conversation happens between them and John. And um, he confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. Yep. So I think, you know, what's kind of fun is if you're just kind of looking at the story and you're just imagine you're sitting there and listening to it or reading it yourself. And this is the testimony. Body given by John, and the Jews sent priests and Levites, which a lot of people say maybe it was a council of Sanhedrin or something like that. That, that whatever that I mean, that's good, but but obviously he's got people's attention, right? Because because somebody's going, we got to figure out who this guy is. Something big is going down, you know. And and later on they'll talk about John actually had disciples. So it's not this guy was like making a ruckus out there in the wilderness. He has a crowd. He is an influencer, is what we say oh these goodness. days. Yeah. See, look at I can pull these things out Stop. anymore. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> My kids would appreciate that you say that. <laughs> I'm I'm here to support them. <laughs> Get you off that throne of yours. Yeah. No, but but that is. I mean, he literally is. Um, got more. He's got followers. He's got Stop. clicks. <laughs> clicks. And, oh my. Goodness. Lord. Okay. But, but mean, not many Lord likes. have mercies. <laughs> He's got yeah. hearts. Yeah, there you go. They care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, real quick, real quick, and then I'll let Mason ask his question or say his comment. Is there a significance in why he separated priests from Levites? Like why he mentioned Levites specifically? I think it's just, just saying that this is the Jews and basically everybody that's in, in, in Jerusalem, the head honchos of religious leaders are all of a sudden going, okay, something big is going down, and they recognize he's a prophet. Okay. So, you know, and everybody started to say, okay, there is a prophet out there. That's not in question anymore. He's okay. a prophet sent by God. And they're all going, this is a God-speaking man. Which one is he? Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's a huge deal. Yeah. If the power players, the people in the temple, all of the major people who are administering the law yeah. are paying attention to somebody who's a prophet, you know, they you would think that they would be in the know if there was a prophet. All yeah. of a sudden, they're not in the know, so they're like, oh my gosh, we need to get out there to either qualm this or bring him into the fold here to make yep. sure he's on our side, to yep. support our power. Or, or just to say, yeah, we're in the know. 
Right. You know, because I'm... I, I mean, they it, look foolish for John on this. Exactly. Yeah. They're, 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 people are coming in and say, hey, did you hear what this guy out there in the wilderness is saying? They're like, who? <laughs> they, that doesn't give them uh, credibility. If, if uh, somebody, which you guys might ask a question today and I won't know it, well, that, there goes my credibility, That right? was earlier. You didn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> We've already been there, done oh, that. Okay. <laughs> see, and now see all my credibility is shot, right? So now this podcast is gone, so I'm going to shut it off and go home. No, but Deal. You, yeah. <laughs> but this is precisely the point is these guys are starting to look like, you know, out of the loop when there's a prophet out there. Well, and it's interesting because as you guys were talking, I was starting to read ahead and they just continue to ask him, Mm -hmm. "Um, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answers, no. Then they said to him, who are you? Let us have an answer. Everything they're saying and asking, it's strictly within the law. Yeah. Like that's why they're... Again, tell me if I'm just completely off on this, nope. but they're trying to chase, they're chasing their tails and trying to figure out all of the logic. Mm-hmm. And there isn't any. Mm-hmm. And Christ is in the gospel and in the mercy. And that's what John the Baptist is. Yeah. Well, so what they're doing is, again, this, the um, priests and Levites are only thinking that. God is going to bring the law to bear, and that's going to be salvation. Okay. And so there, this is this is literally the tapes that's playing in their head. If there's a prophet out there, stuff is really going to go down, and it's going to go down against everybody else and for us. And yet, this guy's out there, and he's not here for us. He's out here for them. Which is why it's important at the very end, this took place in Bethany across the Jordan. What do you mean? This is not in Jerusalem at the temple? Right. Right? This is, this is outside. Think of it today. This is not happening in our church. It's actually out on the farm. What, what peasants? What, what, yeah, no, what, oh I mean, what, no, but it's just like, I thought, I thought we built this place for, because, yeah, the Mount of Olives is where the Messiah is going to come down and his feet are going to rest and everything, you know, Israel will be restored. I mean, this is what they're expecting. And now we got this guy out in the middle of the wilderness outside of the holy places that we had made. What's going on here? Yeah. That's really at the, at the heart. What is going on here? This is outside of our expectation in the law. And so they're very curious about, and they're starting to try to put the piece together. You know, who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, okay. he keeps saying, yep, I'm not the Messiah. I'm not the Messiah. Well, then, are, are you, you Elijah? Elijah? You know, when I, first, when I first read that, I thought that the ancient Israelites might have believed in some form of reincarnation. Are you Elijah? I am not. But if memory serves me right, Elijah was taken to heaven without dying. Yeah, he was promised to come back. And the promise of him coming back was was going to be a reckoning for all sin. And he was going to like, when Elijah come back, that's a preparation for the day of the Lord that is going to judge the world. So when Elijah shows up, the law, they're thinking, is showing up. And... And so this is key, you know, is Elijah? Nope, I'm not Elijah either. So just to complete aside yeah. on, on that Elijah tangent, is that fulfilled in the transfiguration? You know, and, and you had 
kind of mentioned that in the notes as we were preparing this, and I actually hadn't ever really put two and two together there. Um, mm. And so that's one of those things that I would, I really actually want to go in and look into that because I have not thought that through. But the transfiguration, you know, it kind of is a bit of a make sense of what you're saying there because what happens right after transfiguration? Jesus starts his march to the cross, which is where the judgment's going to happen. So Elijah comes to prepare for the judgment day. And the judgment day happens, happens when on he the cross. Comes. No, it happens on the cross. Right. But when Elijah comes, then all of a sudden, it, it, judgment's it, it, right around the corner. Exactly. This is the start of the... Interesting. Yeah. I mean, so that's why I was like, you know, that's something I had ever put in it. And I, I don't see a reference to that anywhere in the Gospels, but it might be actually what... You know, I'm going to actually look into that. And if anybody on listening to this knows that answer, you know, send me a note. Nice. Didn't you just mention how you wanted to... I don't know anything. To, uh-huh. yeah, no, <laughs> but at least I'm honest about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. Right. So are you, are you the Messiah? I am not. Are you Elijah? I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. So who are you? Uh, and he says... I am the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Yep. And this is what you talked about last week with Sarah. Yeah. Is this Elijah or this Isaiah prophecy? And, and she mentioned the wilderness. Yep. But he reiterates that here. Yeah, this is but well, yeah, this is this is happening outside of the holy places. Yeah. You know, which is a key thing, which is why they're all they're confused because but but they actually it was promised to them. The Messiah comes outside of being holy in the law. The Messiah comes where there is sin and dealing with people outside of the holy places, outside of the ones who are trying to righteousness in the law. And this is the key part of that. And but what I think how is how are the paths made straight? No. So to make a path straight for the Lord is to actually have faith. That's literally how God is making things righteous, is by having people believe in him. So how do they have people believe? By his mercy being fulfilled through baptism, the promise of forgiveness that the Messiah is coming. And so Abraham was made righteous. That is the way his life was straightened out because he believed out of his progeny, the promise was going to come. So everybody that believes in Christ, their path is made straight. So what's, what's, what's uh, John doing out there? He's making straight paths by helping people believe Messiah coming, believe in the promise. So that's how he's starting to set this up. And that's a nice way because when you think about the word straight, a lot of maybe people's default thinking is like, oh, beyond the straight and narrow path mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. life. That's right. what that's I think. Yeah, 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 like me it's, too. Yeah. it's almost like a, but that's related to the law that you're yeah. supposed to behave correctly. Right. But what you're saying here is that making your path straight, well, the what is the fastest way to get to freedom? Faith. Yeah. Boom. You're once you have it, you're directly there. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. It's it's getting rid of the obstacles that might make you think that God is not for you. But actually the way you get rid of the idea that God is not for you is be told God's for you. Well, it's actually funny you say that because, you know, if you're in the law trying to become straight, you do have all those obstacles you got to come, like get over and go around, which is anything but a straight path. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And so this is why a direct promise about Christ is what straightens the path, not an option in the law. Exactly. 
So this is key because all of the people who are really hung up on the law are coming out there saying, why isn't this about the law? What are you doing, John? Well, and John says, nope, I'm not the Messiah. I'm one testifying to the light. And when I testify the light, those who have come out here and are being baptized me are actually being given the very thing that makes their lives straight, faith in the promise of Christ, which is the whole Advent season. Advent season isn't preparing and getting better or getting ready for Jesus to come. Advent season is hearing that he has come for you. And on that note, we've reached the end of this week's episode, my friends. Thank you to Dr. Chris Krogan for teaching us that Advent isn't about getting ready for Jesus to come. It's hearing he's come for you. That's how our paths are made straight. What makes us righteous in God's eyes? Having faith. And the fastest way to know is God for you is to be told by God that he's for you. I also want to say a big thank you to Justin Goins for joining us on this episode and in the episodes to come in December. I'm grateful for his humble heart, his excellent questions, and the way the Holy Spirit is working in his life. And I'm excited for you to continue to get to know him. Do you like what you learn in the conversations on Scripture First? Luther House of Study has numerous interactive courses available for free on subjects ranging from the Lutheran Catechism to core Christian beliefs. Visit lutherhouseofstudy.org to see their available courses, create an account to track your progress, and dive deeper into your learning. Thanks again for joining us this week. Remember, God is for you. We'll see you next time on Scripture First.